Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. Just put it down. Just touch the button. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. I could have pretzels today and a can of soup tomorrow. With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. I give a rousing locker room speech. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. You make it nice. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode. This is Margaret. And this is Amy. And this week, we're talking about if we can make this any easier. Amy, can we make it any easier? I'd like to know that for myself. I came up with this idea because I have seen friends of mine and, of course, people on our own Facebook group page posting like, here's something I'm doing right now. And it's actually kind of working a little bit like we're all just sending out messages in a bottle like this might work for five minutes. Try it. And I thought this is all stuff we should collect and talk about because it's helping me right now to know what other parents are trying that's working. I'm glad, Amy. I mean, I jest. It's been rough, guys. I'm not going to lie. It's been rough and tough. And I mean, of course, it's been rough. Like, if you had told us, you know, six months ago that we were going to have four snow days in a row, we would have panicked. And now we're, I mean, in New York, we're three weeks deep on the never-ending snow day, and it's not going great. Yeah. One thing we're all feeling a lot of and hearing a lot about with our friends is anxiety. I mean, it's something that we can't show in front of our kids, although we might display it in certain ways. I may have just now in a conversation with my 12 year old, (laughs) you know, like she was it that I got upset with her about. She was just like, just tell me what it says instead of handing me that paper. It was something for her school. And I'm like, I don't actually work for you. Like my job right now is not to be four people's full time assistants as much as they think it is. I love that you said that because I said this very day, I don't work for you. That is the phrase that is coming up a lot for me right now. Yes. I don't work for you. Yes. Because getting talked to like someone's moronic employee is what will break me in this whole thing. I hope I've never talked to somebody who did work for me like I'm being talked to now. But yes, exactly. It's not my job to make sure you have this handout. The answer is thank you, not can you just read it to me? Just put it just, just, just the word just (laughs) is going to be outlawed in my house. Just put it down. Just touch the button. Don't say just to me again, people. The other thing that sent me around the edge today was uh, I did get lunch set up because all three of my kids were doing school and I got the lunch set up done. And my husband was getting his lunch and he's like, are you going to eat? And I said, no. And he's like, you're not hungry. And I stopped and looked at him like, I am never hungry. (laughs) Like this that we're doing all the time, like setting up endless meals and then cleaning them up, like literally zero of this is for me. I could have pretzels today and a can of soup tomorrow and be fine. I do not need any of this. And he's like, whoa, okay. I'm like, but I feel like I do need you to get that, that I am expending oceans of effort on stuff that is definitely not for myself. Yeah, it's a lot. I will say my appetite has come back. The first two weeks, I was like, wow, I really don't need to ever eat again. And and now I've turned the corner into like 
maybe a half a plate of brownies will make me feel better. And I, it's time to find the sweet spot in the center, I think. Yes. Because I'm running a little hot now on the other side, which is like, I'm going to lean in on the takeout recommendations and get a giant plate of dumplings six times a day to make me feel better. So I need the pendulum to swing somewhere towards the middle pretty soon. Yes. All right. So these are some good back to ones that we and our listeners have found useful to sort of set in place to make all of this a little easier. And as we were leading off, the number one thing, I put something on the Facebook group, which you should join. Everyone is sharing really good resources and information there. And I would like you to go to facebook.com forward slash what fresh hellcast, like the page, join the group. And one of the things that people are talking about in the lead off issue is this anxiety thing. So I thought we would start yeah. by trying to make anxiety a little easier. And because I have a couple of things that are helping my anxiety. Amy, hopefully you have a couple. Should I lead off with mine? Yeah, tell us. Yep. First of all, time. And I will say, I feel like we're out on the leading edge a little bit in New York. So I can say, I feel like I've come over the anxiety. I'm flattening the anxiety curve, I think is what I'm trying to say. Like the beginning for me was three o'clock, cold sweat, wake up, really scared all the time. And I will say like the time has calmed me down a little bit, which is hopefully helpful to someone who's maybe a little bit later on the curve than me. But the number one thing that I have cut down on is the constant refreshing of Twitter and other forms of social media. Mm. And like looking at, are they epidemiological charts? (laughs) There is something comforting about refreshing them every six seconds, but I have found just stepping away from them is the better choice. I am very behind you. I'm still nearing my peak of being the single most well-informed person about it in the Western Hemisphere. If you want to know anything about anything, I have definitely just checked Twitter and I can tell you all about it. That's your safe space, though. Like, information is your safe space. Yeah. I would gently offer to you that in the same way that, I mean, I would say to my husband... I need to check the charts because I'm in charge of this, like the same way I need to keep my eye on the ground at all time in a plane to keep the plane flying correctly. I mean, I need to check the charts because somehow I'm controlling this with my mind. Mm -hmm. I think if you can cut that cord, it is probably better for your mental health. You know, I haven't been like I'm sleeping fine at night. I'm sleeping like a stone because I think I'm so exhausted. But during the day, I am perhaps a little quick to lose my patience. I certainly feel like whenever I do lose my patience, it is a well-earned loss of patience. It is a, I have held my tongue 18 times and not once more. But judging from the reaction on my kids' faces sometimes, to them, it seems like it comes out of nowhere. And I suppose that's sort of like me spilling over is probably... Yeah. You're running a little hot, probably, as your bottom line. That's probably... Yeah. It's probably where I'm expressing it instead of at 3 a.m. So I'm going to take the note. Yeah. I would gently put in your path that less obsessive checking of the curves is probably better for you. (laughs) Okay. You can put that down. There are some really smart people in charge of it, and you obsessively checking is actually not helping in any way and might be making you more, you know, edgy, shall we say. You know what I'm going to do right now with that? I'm going to take that note. Can I explain about that? Yes. That's in showbiz, right? So when like the director, you did a run through of act one and the director is like, okay, Amy, I'm going to need you to start your cross to the table earlier because if you don't fluff the pillows by the beginning of that line, he then doesn't have the cue to say, why are you still fluffing the pillows? If I then say, Well, yeah, but I know, but I can't do that unless he, like, that is very, just bad etiquette in the theater. If they give you a note, you say, okay, and you take the note. And you might disagree with it, and you might take it up with the director later, but in the moment, you don't explain why that request of you is wrong or misplaced somehow. You take the note. It is something I've been working on with my kids for um, 17 and a half years now, and (laughs) it's something we can all do for one another right now. Take the note. It's not easy. I'm not good at it. And it also always depends on who you get it from, right? There are people from whom you can't take notes and people for whom you can. But I think opening yourself up to trying to be like, how can I make this better is worthwhile. Yes. Other things on anxiety that have been helping me is like the goofy breathing gifts. You know what I'm talking about? We'll just link to one so you can see them. But if you go to Giphy or any gift site and you type breathing exercise, They're like visual representations of breathing in and out. And 
I don't do great with like the lying down and the voice being like, breathe in. I don't know. It bothers me. (laughs) My daughter finds that that makes her, she swears it makes her more nervous to listen to like meditation breathing tapes. Weirdly, I'm with her. Like sometimes it's like I get a wrong voice and it really agitates me. But these and I have a kid who gets a little over. uh, What do you call it? He freaks out. And I have found that they work really nicely with him. They just are visual representations of how to breathe for five minutes. And they've been helping me a lot with my anxiousness. Anne-Marie, who is one of our top fans on Instagram and on Facebook, she mentioned this grounding exercise that I'll make sure to put up on social media this week, which is like, find five things you can see, find four things you can hear, find three things you can smell, you know, find four things you can touch, whatever it's, I'm getting the specifics of it wrong, but it's basically that, like go through each one of your senses and do a full inventory of everything you're able to hear right now. And it immediately grounds you. I've tried it. It works really well. That's like a take the note thing for me, because often these things sound so, to quote Amy's grandma, tweet, tweet to me, like, Ugh, I really don't have time to count the things I can see. I'm <laughs> way too busy keeping the world going with my mind. But I think it is helpful. And I always know it's helpful. But in times like this, I have found like, oh, I actually really need to spend some time every day, not holding the scary at bay by scrolling Twitter, but spending some time in some sort of state of mindfulness or groundedness. And like, if you know me, I can't believe my tongue didn't just fall out of my head when I said that out loud. (laughs) But it's been helping me and I would highly recommend it. We've entered the upside down right now in every way. I know. Well, we are in the upside down. And the other thing that is my touchstone in this is... In terms of like my problem, which is maybe not everyone's problem with anxiety, is like holding it away from me. Like it's too scary to think about. So I let it just become this like monster in the closet. And I go about my day like, stay busy, stay busy, scroll Twitter, read the chart. Is the curve bending? And one of the things that I work on, and I work on this with my anxious kids, is like, let's name it. What's the scariest thing that will happen? And we've talked about this previously, so I won't linger on it, but like, Go through it. What are we scared of? You know, there's a related article. I'm going to put the link up on the show notes for this episode at whatrushhellpodcast.com, or they might be in your app right now. You can look. Child psych named Helen Dodd wrote an article for the conversation about this whole moment. And she points out that free play for kids, it's essential in this moment that, you know, free play without us telling them what to do, that we really should take a step back. It's not only okay, mom, it is a fact. It's their work, you know, little children. And she made a point that I hadn't really considered, which was that you may overhear, you see your kids play acting this moment in ways that may seem like something you really need to clamp down on and that you shouldn't because she says that free play, even about this moment, can help kids make sense of the things they find hard to understand it's normal. It might be helpful for them that you shouldn't stop that kind of play. And you should, you know, talk about it later if you see something that makes you think like, oh, my gosh, Abby is really getting this on a level I didn't understand. But it's not something for you to clamp down on. It's how they're processing it. Guys, I want to weigh in and underscore what Amy just said. And it may be a little bit of a hard concept if you haven't heard the term like free play and what it's all about. But We had an incident that happened in our town that was extremely traumatic and... And nothing to do with this, by the way. This was before the coronavirus. Shocking and very, very traumatic and involved some of the kids in our town. And one of the things that came up after it at the school, at playdates, in other places, were that a lot of the kids were acting out what had happened. And it was to say the least, uh, just a horrifying thing. And so a lot of the parents were very troubled to see the kids kind of acting this incident out in play. And it was for the adults just to revisit the incident was shocking and horrible. And then like the idea that the kids were kind of playing it out was very upsetting. But the counselors were quite clear on the fact that like this is how they're processing it. They process through play. And to the degree that you can put your own discomfort aside and let them play out this thing and process it, it's actually very healthy for them to do that. And it can feel very 
upsetting to us as adults. Like, I don't want them pretending that they have coronavirus. That's too upsetting for me to think about. But giving them space to play is difficult. But from what I understand from like all the experts is very valuable if you can allow for it. You know, and in a way, it's no different than us, like some of the silly memes about toilet paper or whatever, or eating too many brownies that we all see and create and retweet and engage in. Like, it's okay for every moment that we engage with this moment to not be fraught with seriousness and worry. It's helping us process, too. That's a great point. It can manifest in adults as humor, as funny humor, as dark humor. It can manifest as emotionality. It can manifest as anxiety. It can manifest in all these different ways that we see. But the same for kids. Like, remember that, like, it may manifest in ways that you're not quite expecting. And I talked about this one other time on the podcast about seeing how the earlier incident in our lives manifested in kids in ways that I was surprised by. And in fact, I might not have noticed if I didn't know about the incident. And I've been noticing that with my kids, too, like a lot of fraughtness, a lot of anger, a lot of fighting amongst themselves. And it's like, oh, right, this is going to manifest in a ton of different ways. All right, we're going to pivot to really helpfulness. And how can we help make this easier when we come back? Margaret, I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses, first two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers. Exactly. Pampers Swaddlers keep baby skin dry, happy, and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better than the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist-approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes are five times stronger, gripping mess more firmly, shall we say? say, and making diaper changes a breeze. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different and fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E. Lumen.me and use the code Fresh at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. Okay, so I'm going to pivot with the help of Jana, who's one of our listeners. She says that she has no helpful hands for the rest of us. She says, I got nothing. I tried a Lego bath and I ended up with a brick-shaped dent in my forehead. Help. We're here to help. I feel like (laughs) all the helpful tips we give on this podcast should come. I don't know if people still do this, but like it's not Oldie Locks Alert because it's not that far back in the day. But back in the day, people used to say YMMV on social media, your mileage may vary. Yeah. Like it would be like, oh, well, I tried this. YMM, hashtag YMMV, your mileage may vary. And I feel like all of our tips just know that they come with a your mileage may vary. Like <laughs> the wonderful bring Legos in the bath tip. It doesn't work for everyone. And Jenna, we're, we apologize that it, it turned wrong for you. Sorry about that. that. You got a Lego to the face. Who could have seen that coming? I want to start with some good ones for the kitchen. And this first one is from our friend Elizabeth McGuire, who has a beautiful website called Sibling Revelry 
project. She takes beautiful photographs of sets of siblings and then interviews them about what it's like to be siblings. I mean, little kids, total grownups. It's a beautiful website. And she had these two tips, which I thought were great. It's awesome. First one is that you have water bottles with tops and there's one per person with names on them. And that is it. And I have to put this into place because I'm running like two dishwashers worth of cups a day and it's going to be the end of me. Like the cups. As usual, when you complain about something, Amy, the biggest villain in my house is myself. <laughs> I'm using roughly nine cups a day. My husband's ready to like throw me into the streets. <laughs> there are cups everywhere. Like, yeah, just every room. All I do is walk around and like call the cups back home to the dishwasher. Yeah, my husband is the Amy in our relationship and I am the Amy's <laughs> husband. And let me tell you, he's displeased with my use of cups. Like every night at bed, I literally rolled over in bed twice since this has happened and sent a cup crashing to the floor in the middle of the night. And then at 3 a.m. we're like up cleaning up glass because there are 10 cups on my nightstand. So, to, you know, it's like dominoes. All full of water, I'm sure. Oh, well, like half full of water. Half full. Right. Not so full you just shouldn't get another one. Because I don't finish <laughs> one and then refill the cup. I'm like, oh, I'll get another one. Um, so, Elizabeth, I'm totally going to put that into play as soon as I am finished recording today. And the other thing she said, I like this one, too. She said, for healthy eating, she's just getting out in the beginning of the day a bunch of fruits and vegetables and just sort of chopping them up and like leaving them around. And she's like, I don't really watch with the kids. Like then they can have pizza, pretzels, you know, I don't know. They can have tortilla chips, whatever they want. But I don't make dinner until all of these fruits and vegetables are gone. And that like sort of encourages some healthy eating along the way by some people. I feel like the grazing, there's a really funny, I'll never find it again. So like apologies and shout out to whoever created it. But there was a guy on Twitter who had a video and it was like advice. And it started by saying, listen, if you're going to get in your pre-breakfast snacking, you have to set an alarm and get up early because then you're going to get to breakfast and then you're going to have your post-breakfast snack. And then it's first lunch. And it was like he went through the whole day with all the meals he was eating and there were 25 of them. And so we've definitely moved into more of a grazing system where I'm not because in the beginning I was making breakfast snack, lunch snack, dinner, dessert, and it's just too much food. Yeah, but then the grazing, I mean, do you just have sort of a mess rolling through the kitchen all day? I like being able to say like, okay, that was lunch, and now nobody makes a mess unless they're going to clean it up until about 5 p.m. Oh, Amy, I mean, we've gone feral. Like, <laughs> nobody makes a mess. Nobody, like somebody wears pants once a week is all we're doing. I mean, there is no nobody makes a mess anymore in this household. We're like cave people. I did kind of... I mean, I'm literally like picking apple cores out from in between the... I have... The one thing I have done is said no food out of the kitchen at all because that was becoming disgusting, like apple cores in between the couch cushions. And so the new rule is nobody eats outside of the kitchen, but in the kitchen, it's a free for all. Like anything goes. It's anything goes. We have kind of an open plan. That's the problem. Like our kitchen doesn't really have a doorway to other areas of the house. It's just kind of see the whole open plan architecture. They did not plan for this moment when we're all under the same roof going to kill each other. No. Can I give you an overall tip that leads to a specific tip? Yeah. Okay. So the lazy genius, she's on Instagram. She has a podcast. She did an IGTV the other day that I loved and suggested that in this moment, we should each become energy detectives by which she meant observe yourself in this moment and figure out when are the times of day that you have energy and don't like are you crying every day at three are you you know falling asleep on the couch every day at 4 30 and then make decisions about your routine based on that so our listener michelle came up with this kind of brilliant idea it's brilliant because it's she's an energy detective she makes dinner for lunch she realized that like at 5 30 when the kids started saying what's for dinner was exactly the moment when she was reaching the lowest ebb energy wise and so now she's making lunch as the big meal of the day and she does it on the middle of the day when she's got the energy reserves to do it and then dinner is more scrounge find something have a sandwich we've been doing that a lot especially on the weekends because when my kids are homeschooling we're kind of on 
morning schedule and then a lunch break and then an afternoon schedule. But on the weekends, I find, and we often get taken food for our big meal because this has really reinforced for me this experience, my lack of love of cooking. Like, I really don't enjoy cooking three full meals a day. Really don't like it. My husband's doing breakfast because he's really good at breakfast food. But I'm so bored by what's for dinner. I cannot stand it. So we're basically down to my basic take is I will make one meal a day. If we get a pizza for lunch, that's your meal for the day. Mm -hmm. At night, you can microwave a hot dog for yourself or you can make a sandwich. But I'm not cooking two full meals. I'm not doing lunch and dinner. So I have found that moving lunch is smart. It never occurred to me that you could do this, you know, that just make like the chicken and asparagus and pasta for lunch instead. So I love this idea and watch out. I think I'm going to try it. I have a bigger take on this in general. I don't know if I've been sick. I don't know if I've been stressed, but there is something that is causing me to have a pretty profound lack of energy. Like I'm sleeping a lot. I'm napping during the day. I haven't been like super sick. Like, okay, I know I have something, but I've definitely been struggling with my overall energy level and I'm leaning in. I'm like, there are days where nothing gets clean. There are multiple days where my children actually smell bad. Like (laughs) I am really leaning into like so much self grace at this point in terms of this is a super hard situation. I'm not feeling well for whatever reason. And I'm not going to live and die by like whether or not my house is clean. But then I found today that I woke up with quite a bit of energy And I made myself recognize the fact that I have energy and I'm cooking a nice lasagna for dinner. I cleaned up a bunch of the rooms with the help of my children and I'm going to exercise today because I'm trying to like lean into having energy and then lean into not having energy and try to have very little judgment of myself around that. Yeah, I have a list going for myself of like, here's what kind of needs to happen. Like I haven't really vacuumed in three weeks. So the next time I have some excess energy, I am probably going to use that either vacuuming or getting my kids to vacuum, which the hard part is I feel like it's almost the same amount of energy, if you know what I mean. Oh, I mean, it really is. And I have that in the back of my head, but it's helped. I mean, I they are slowly, it's like a sea change, but they're slowly getting the idea. Jill said that she read this advice. She said, I read some advice that encouraged parents to use this time to help kids realize life is not being entertained. It's contributing to what the family needs to accomplish. And I do think my kids like in the macro are getting the sense that if they want clean clothes, they need to gather the dirty ones, bring them downstairs, put them in the washer and, you know, throw the Tide Pod in. Like they've finally figured that out, that they can contribute and it's helped. And I hope we never go back to the way things were. But I love that point. And one thing that's happening in my house too is like a fairly frequent general patent to the troops speech is happening. You know, like if we start going off the rails, like I would say every three days about I am sitting my children down and saying we are in a very unusual circumstance and we need to work together to do this. This means you must fight less with your siblings. This means you must help quite a bit more around the house. Our role is to be kinder to each other until this is over. And we don't know when that date is. And I give a rousing locker room speech like once every three days, probably. (laughs) My kids are a little older, so I get the eye roll. But we definitely are having the sort of family dinner sit down like, how are we doing? How's it going? conversations and their stress is actually running right now to the schoolwork that they still need to be getting done, which I am honestly so grateful for because that is a very healthy and safe place to put extra stress, right? Is into your English paper, not into how much longer will this be happening? It's keeping them from engaging with the larger questions. So I'm grateful for that. Yeah. And I think kids who have questions, we go back to a rule that we reiterate often on this podcast, answer the question that you are asked and, Mm. you know, really stay with. And I have thought of that a lot during this is bring up at meal times or whatever family times, game times, whatever times you have how's everybody doing? And then answer the question that you are asked. When are we going back to school? We're not sure yet. Every two weeks, we're going to get an update on that. But as of right now, we're not sure when you're going to be able to go back. It may be a while, might be breaking my own rule, but trying to just 
keep the lines of communication open and giving them the information they're asking for, but not necessarily pulling up like, look at this chart. This is how many people, you know, and getting them too dialed into stuff they may not be ready for. No charts. No charts, please. <laughs> I mean, my kids are 11, 9, and 7. They're definitely pre-chart. But my 11-year-old is blissfully, I think 11 is the perfect age. Like, how does this affect my Fortnite gaming? And otherwise, I am completely not interested in what's going on. <laughs> Amy, who is not me, different Amy, has an idea called Mommy's Choice Chores that I really liked in terms of getting everybody to help a little more. She has tasks in groups, like her kids' can have screens in the morning after they get dressed, brush their teeth, clean up their bedrooms, have breakfast. They can have more screen time in the afternoon after they practice the piano, do some reading. And here's the best one, a mommy's choice chore. This can be whatever I decide needs to be done. She says, for us, it works better than having a specific time of day. And it helps me guarantee they get the things done that I need to get done instead of me losing track and policing whether they got done. They can't have the screens until they do their mommy's choice chore. We were just having a Zoom cocktail hour with my whole family last night and my sister-in-law, who gets brought up a lot on the podcast, they were laughing, reminiscing about how they had a chore chart. You know, somebody's turn to bring out the trash, somebody's turn to set the table. And then there were four kids and there was always a chore called odd jobs and you had to do whatever the odd job was and she said that it just got absurd like the odd job could be you have to catch the mouse that's running around the house or the odd job could be you have to finish the strawberry ice cream that's left over from the neapolitan pint of ice cream (laughs) and they were just all crying they're all grown now they're all in their 20s the kids and they were just dying laughing at odd jobs and remembering all the funny things they had to do. But odd jobs is the same as mommy's choice. Like this is what needs to be done and you're doing it. And you lean into the branding, give it a clever name. I love a good rhyme, as you know. I don't know. I can't figure out a a rhyme off the top of my head for mommies and chores. But yes, it's like lean in and give it a theme song, whatever it needs to have. And your kids will roll their eyes at you, but it will stick. But it helps. And I do think like this circulating meme of like, your kids won't remember what they got done. They'll remember how it felt. Yes, slightly annoying and adorable, but at the same time, I do notice my kids, I have leaned in a little bit to the kind of little house on the prairie, we're all in this together team kind of, you know, branding, and they're kind of digging it. Like, they're walking by with laundry, like, I'll do the laundry today, mom. (laughs) Listen, it's not every day, we're not like all singing happy songs, but I do notice that they're leaning in a little on the branding of like, we are a pioneer family surviving this together. Very nice. Well done. We'll be right back, guys. Amy, when I'm dehydrated, I get headaches. I get cranky and I don't feel good in general. Also, I am dehydrated a lot of the time. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because being good with the water bottle is one thing, but getting that sodium and potassium with the fluids, turns out that is the key to saying optimally hydrated. So whether you're looking to hydrate during your workout, while traveling, or at the end of a long night, Sports Research Hydrate Electrolytes have got you covered with over 65 trace minerals, seven essential vitamins, and coconut water powder. Crisp and refreshing without any sugar, this is hydration powered by Sports Research. Each box has 16 little stick packs that you can take on the go, whether you're headed to an exercise class, a night out with friends, or a podcasting conference. And did we mention they come in delicious flavors from raspberry lemonade to cherry pomegranate. Stay hydrated with Sports Research Hydrate Electrolytes. Visit sportsresearch.com and use the code WHATFRESH at checkout for 50% off your purchase of Hydrate. That's S-P-O-R-T-S-R-E-S-E-A-R-C-H.com, sportsresearch.com, and use code WHATFRESH for 50% off your Hydrate Electrolytes order. Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is toast with peanut butter on top. Toast with peanut butter. It's also, by the way, one of my favorite power breakfasts. So we agree on that thing. We were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter. And I'm going to tell you, we used Hero Bread. It adds even more protein and fiber to that combo without adding any more sugar. Hero Bread has remade the carby, empty calorie bread products into versions that include no net carbs, zero gram sugar, and fewer calories, plus more protein and fiber, while 
still being super fluffy and delicious. I was not sure that that particular combination was going to be possible, but Hero Bread has figured it out. Yeah, this is one I'm glad they let us try. It's like, it really tastes good. I've been trying to add more protein to my diet, and I would have thought that a hamburger rolls was not the place to do that, Amy. <laughs> but all of Hero Bread's products, from rolls to tortillas to croissants, we please, offer protein and fiber, zero to one grams of net carbs, and zero grams of sugar. Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code motherhood at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code motherhood for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. And now, home care tips without kids and with kids from the What Fresh Hell podcast. Without kids, decorative baskets can add a cheerful accent to any living space. With kids. Decorative baskets are literally your only hope of ever seeing your living room floor again. Just keep buying those suckers. Without kids. Seat cushions add a comfortable and festive touch around the dining room table. With kids. Seat cushions are Definitely where your kids are hiding their unwanted vegetables. You need to check those things after every meal. Without kids. The principles of Feng Shui suggest that placing a plant in the corner of a room can serve to draw in the positive energy. With kids. The way potty training's been going suggests that that puddle in the corner? It's definitely pee. Without kids. Consider a white sofa for a clean, elegant addition to your living room with kids. Literally, never consider a white sofa. Seriously, if you have to think, are the kids old enough for a white sofa? Then guess what? They're not. Without kids, framed prints are great for adding that pop of color to any room with kids. Oh, you want a pop of color? Well, it's your lucky day. Your two-year-old found a Sharpie. Okay, so now I want to pivot to some scraps of self-care. I mean, nobody's getting a facial, right? So we're going to do it where we can. The first one, I do not have who it was, and I wish I do, because she said, I'm a single parent. I'm the only adult in the home. My Zoom happy hour with my friends is my lifesaver right now. And you had mentioned a Zoom happy hour. So I want to give a shout out to those, especially if you're somebody who's not getting enough adult conversation in your life right now. And I mean, I am not going to be Pollyanna, like here's the silver lining, but we have found one very odd silver lining is as adults, like we have a cousin group that's nine of us that all grew up together and we're all adults now living literally on different continents and spread out. And we used to every summer spend the summers together. And now we get pockets of us get together and we're so close, but we're doing a Zoom happy hour this week, the nine of us all together again. There's 10 of us, by the way. My brother, there's nine girls and my brother. So it's nine girls and a boy. That's why I was thinking nine. But we're going to all do a Zoom happy hour. And it'll be like the first time we're all together and just chatting, just the 10 of us in years. And there is something magical about finding the magic of the times. My sister-in-law is working hard to set up the same thing for my family this week. I mean, I'm one of six and five out of the six have partners. So it's a lot of people. And then the kids too. And it's just, why not? Right. I have been talking on the phone. It's funny how I said that I wanted to get in touch with old friends and do that more. I mean, I've been saying that for like three years as a New Year's goal of mine. Well, I'm doing it now. I'm talking on the phone to people and it has been really terrific. It's been lovely. Some of the people from my past who I've reconnected with just because they're checking on me or I'm checking on them. And I'm really happy that that part of this has worked. And I find with the Zoom stuff that we make it, we kind of make a thing of it. Like we make a nice cocktail, we get a cheese plate, we set it up, we make it a thing. That's so sweet. We make it a little, we make it nice. You make it nice. Laura says that she, her boys are one and a half and four. We salute you, Laura. God bless you, Laura. Thoughts and prayers. Laura says 9 a.m. is the baby's nap time, and then she does a Zoom workout class through Fit for Mom while her older kid watches a show. I have a friend who's teaching yoga. 
I have not committed to the, I have a Peloton, so I do the biking at home and I do some of their, the yoga, but I have not committed to the Zoom workout class yet. That seems a bridge too far to me. I was talking a couple of weeks ago about this yoga class, my advanced napping class that I love, that's like lying around <laughs> in different comfortable positions. And it was really relaxing for me. And for some reason, I find the idea of that kind of stillness going back to our anxiety portion kind of terrifying unappealing right now like could I just lay prone and relax or would I be like must check the charts <laughs> I don't know it's just, I haven't gotten there yet I'm finding the like more bikey pelotony high energy stuff a little more appealing I am away from my Peloton bicycle at the moment. I'm not able to access it and I miss it, but these classes are working. I want to give a shout out actually to my sister-in-law who is a personal trainer and she's on Instagram at Diane Power Within Fit. I'll put it on the show page. And she is doing everyday Instagram lives, which are then up on her page for 24 hours of her doing easy home-based workouts with her kids. And so their workouts, like it's burpees and stuff, like you're getting a real workout and so is your 10-year-old and so is your five-year-old. And it's been a really good resource for a lot of moms I know to stay active. So check that out if you're looking for something to give a shot. Marion says she does Cosmos Kids Yoga with her kids. She loves yoga. She's missing it. She can't do it right now, but she can do Cosmos Kids Yoga with her kids. And it's like almost as good as doing yoga. Almost. I need to get a little bit more into that. I feel like that's been something I'm, I'm in the mode of, I have no time for right. to say when I have 24 hours a day to <laughs> fill every day that I have no time for anything is absurd. But I do find myself, it's that busyness story of, I'm very busy. I must do this. I must do it all. It's I'm afraid of stillness right now. And I'm just letting myself know that and letting it be for right now. But you have to be gentle with yourself. I mean, you don't have time to yourself, right? Like we, Marion says she puts on headphones to listen to podcasts around the house because, you know, she's used to having more time alone. And that's often the time when she listens to podcasts or music. And now everybody's around all the time. And she is claiming some time for herself by putting on the headphones and telling the kids, like, when I have the headphones on, I'm in my own world. Don't bother me for a little while. I like that she said, like, it symbolizes to the kids, don't talk to me, because yeah. I find that, again, I have made some bad choices around this, and I'm trying to adapt to them the longer in I am. I have found that I am handing the kids off to my husband at a certain time of night, and then laying in bed and scrolling Twitter for an hour, and that time I realized could be better spent. I will say in my own defense... The weather in New York has been wet and cold, and I feel as if in a week I will be able to get out and walk, and I will use that time a little better. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, kind of, right? I mean, maybe. I may still be in bed scrolling Twitter, but I have been trying to get my face in the sun every day. I know how good that is for me. We've also... Someone told me that this was very sad the other day when I said it because it is nerdy sad of us. But my husband and I, this tells you something about how it's going for us. We have decided we are way into jigsaw puzzles. We love doing them and we never have time to do them. And so now we have time to do them. I love them too. And we have decided that we are allowing ourselves only to puzzle on Saturdays so that we have something to look forward to every week. Only after mommy's choice chores are done can you have... Only after mommy's choice chores is done. Every Saturday is puzzle day. And we are also slightly obsessive about puzzling. And so we have the problem that if we cannot go to bed until it's finished, mm -hmm. because one of us will wake up at three o'clock in the morning and go finish it. And yeah, pad downstairs. And yeah, we do not have the ability to leave a half done puzzle in the house. And so Saturday mornings... When the weather's been bad, we have a fireplace, we light the fire, and we let the kids do their own thing, and we do our puzzle for four hours, and that's our special time. One of our listeners said that she makes her kids get up and get dressed, you know, as part of the morning schedule, like nobody's lying around in their pajamas, except on weekends, where she does let them be in their pajamas as long as they want and feels like that's an important thing. Like we were saying two weeks ago about you have to make 10 o'clock different from nine o'clock. Like you have to make Saturday different from Wednesday too. And if that means leaving your pajamas on or only puzzles on Saturdays, it seems to me like that's actually a pretty good idea that I should adopt. 
Yeah, we have been so bad about that, and it's not great. But this is the thing. Even if you are feral completely at your house, you're doing fine. If you're getting through the days, I salute you. And we are doing okay on some things, but we did in our course of having Zooms with my family three days apart accidentally reveal that my son had not changed his clothes in that entire time. (laughs) And that was awkward. Like he has been living and sleeping in the same clothes for four days. And that's not great. But some things fall through the cracks these days. And my kid wearing the same clothes for four days was one of them. So maybe the Zoom every three days is just what you need to make sure nobody's wearing the same thing. Little check-in with the outside world. (laughs) Somebody look at Margaret's kids and make sure they're wearing the same clothes or last time or not. They weren't. Don't bother looking. They're still in the same clothes. Yeah. So we're going to try to get a little better at that, guys. This is the ultimate example, I feel like, of one of our sort of overarching things on the podcast. Like we talk about like, try this, do this, not because you'll be a better parent, but because like they might sit nicely for half an hour. You know, like one of our listeners just today on Instagram, she said, I just did this and it worked and tell the podcast. So I am. She had her kid read a book about rainbow fish. I forget what that It's some book. Everybody's seen it about the fishes has all the colors of the rainbow and he's the most beautiful fish. So she got out some construction paper and cut out a huge fish out of construction paper for her kid and then gave him the kid safe scissors and different other colors construction paper. And he got like an hour out of it making a rainbow fish completely absorbed. And then she sent me a picture of the final product. Adorable. But the final product isn't the point. It's the hour of happy absorbed three year old. Right. So any of this stuff makes it easier for you than use it. And if it doesn't, then. We're not saying any of this to make you feel bad that you don't have Mommy's Choice Tour set up yet. No, and certainly don't engage with the Facebook posts that are, here is my entire family baking whatever, the most fancy thing in the world, while, you know, I read them aloud from Little Women. Everyone's struggling, and some people are really struggling, and some people are struggling so much that their children have not changed clothes in four days, so... Just take that with you. Take that to heart. And I think there is something for me that I have realized that there is something on the other side of boredom. And so my kids have found that thing of let's transform our closet into Harry Potter room. Does it involve a lot of fighting? Yes. Is it a magical moment that is Facebook worthy? No. But when they push past being bored, they do find ways to get up to interesting things. And some days are much, much better than others. And one thing that has helped, which I may have said already, but I think is important, is the one touchstone rule in our house is no complaining. And that is one line we are really holding, that nobody's allowed to complain. We're all in this together. It's part of my Patton locker room football coach speech. (laughs) We can do anything. As I've said on picky eating episodes, you can come to my table and you can talk about anything but the food. You can come to my life right now and you could talk about anything about except for about how this stinks. You can say this stings. Oh, it's really hard. I miss my friends. But you're not allowed to whine and complain that you're bored. We are all in the same situation. And go find something else to do. I just won't listen to complaining about the situation. I will listen to well thought out perspectives on how much this stinks. (laughs) We can have a two hour conversation at the dinner table, whatever, 20 minute. Do a play for mommy on how much this stinks. I'll watch that. Do a go do a play for mama on how much it stinks. Totally fine. And we can sit at the dinner table and jokingly list the 45 things about stink, but you're not allowed to just lay around and whine about it. Shannon has a tip that I thought was a good one to wrap on because it's a good sort of, you know, perspective changer on this. So she suggests that instead of having a schedule for your day that you might want to consider having a routine. And here's the difference. She says, if you have a nice routine of activities you do each day, you get into a comfortable rhythm. If you try to stick with a timed schedule, you might miss out on some lovely moments. She says, five minutes before we were supposed to be starting schoolwork, my kids built a blanket fort where my son read to my daughter, what a gift. School will start, but this moment is more important for their relationship and this mama's heart. Such a good point and something I've been thinking a lot about that you say, Amy, which is what, like never interrupt a happy child? Yes, yes. I had the same thing today. My three kids, it's been really, have I mentioned cold and rainy? I need to, (laughs) I'm not allowed to complain 
lesson on the podcast for myself, <laughs> but it has been. And this morning, for whatever reason, they must have been bored enough. They went outside in the cold rain and they were playing on the swing set. And usually we start school at nine. And I found myself at nine o'clock walking out to call them into school. And thank goodness I had the sense to say, what am I doing? Right. Why would I stop them from playing outside? Because I think it's time to start school. Whatever, do never stop a happy quarantined person from doing whatever it is that is making them happy. Right. Right. The blanket fort is the point. Do not interrupt. Yeah, you're done. Anytime they're happy, and I say this even, I've stopped my husband from calling them down to dinner. If they're all upstairs playing, there's a Hogwarts in the closet, we can reheat dinner. Yeah. Never stop them from doing anything when they're happy. That's a good one. Even if it's screens, if they're happy, if they're starting to whine and they're upside down on the couch and they're starting to kick each other, it's time to get off screens because they're actually bored. Right. But I'm fine. Whatever is making someone happy in my house does not stop. That's a really good one. So we want to finish on a suggestion that came from Pamela. Pamela's husband is an ER doctor, and we want to say thank you to your husband, Pamela. And we also want to say thank you to you because we are all thinking of everybody who's on the front lines of this. And we need to also be thinking about the parents who are holding everything up at home, like 175%. So here's what Pamela is saying. And she's a baby. She says, nothing's in a set order right now because that sort of thing is tough with my baby's napping. Plus my anxiety relative to the news cycle and my husband's shift schedule. So sometimes I exercise or shower earlier some days. I guess what's working for us is staying calm, focusing on connection and prioritizing self-care for the adults, which she says is sleep and exercise for herself and her husband. And plus being intentional about planned togetherness with the kids, sometimes educational, sometimes not. Pamela solves it for us this week, guys. Good job, Pamela. Yeah. Shout out to your family. God bless you guys. We hope you stay safe, healthy. That goes for all of you. And we will just keep being here week after week and kind of talking this through and figuring it out together. Until then, you can always find us on Facebook at What Fresh Hellcast. Join the group there. And we're also on Instagram at What Fresh Hellcast. We're on Twitter at WFH Podcast, where I like to share just a lot of good resources for this moment as I come across them. And you can always find all our episodes on our website at WhatFreshHellPodcast.com. Until then, guys, we'll be answering your questions on Mondays, and we'll be back with a new episode next Wednesday. Talk to you then. Talk to you then. Bye. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, 
possibility and joy.